Wardcast episode 256. Go! I'm Dylan Vento, and I'm joined by Alex Damran. Hello there. Hello, it is our 256th episode. Finally, our podcast episodes can form in an octet. We can... The two-bit can... integer. Uh, uh-huh. It can it can form the basis by which uh, we create textures optimized for most game engines. That's uh, correct. We can make any color in RGB 16-bit system. That's right. Name your favorite color, Alex, and I'll tell you which episodes it corresponds to. Oh, man. Wait. Give me a hex code. Actually, I mean, I'm 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 very particular to like a oh, nice wow. golden brown, a golden golden yellow, you know, uh-huh, slightly uh-huh. on the orange side, like a sunflower or a dandelion kind of sure, yellow. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You got a got a hex code for that? I do not. Well, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I didn't have any of this ready. <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 off the cuff. What did it's I just tell you be... about me planning? How about this one? How about FAB two thirty four? How's that look? Uh, I'll have to type it in. F A B. Why I put a pi- I put a picture in the in the chat. Oh, you did. Thank you. I That's did. very convenient. I planned for everything. That's perfect. That's a great color. Great. That's uh. God. All right. Now I need a converter for hex to uh decimal. Now who's not planning? Oh God, you got me. All right. Hex. F A B two three four. Uh, convert. All right. These convert to, oh, Jesus Christ, this is the decimal number. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, all right, I give up on this. This is too complicated already. <laughs> this this gag what, took you, too many steps. <laughs> bailing wait, out. No, well, you'd have to break it down, right? Because it would be FA, you have to get the number for that, and then you'd have to get B2, mm-hmm. if you get the number for that, and then 34. All right, no, okay. All right, all right, we're back in business. I could do this. I could do this. I could all do right. this. All right, I believe in you. I could do this. All right, FA, that's that's episode 250. Uh, B2, that's episode 178. And 3, 4, that's episode 52. All right, those are your lotto numbers for the week. 250, 178, 52. Are you telling me, sorry, the number 34 equates to the number 52? If 54 in hexadecimal converts to 52 in decimal. Computers or 30, 34 in, in, in the hexadecimal. I think computers were a mistake is what I'm learning well, here. <laughs> it's too late now. Yep. Can't go back. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, computers were a mistake. I watched that WeWork documentary. Have you have you watched that yet, Alex? No, but I have seen some buzz. On Hulu? Um, man, that thing's wild. Because I didn't really pay attention to that WeWork thing when it was happening. I just knew there was a huge clusterfuck happening in like the startup world. Right. And yeah, my the the impressions I see is that documentary starts off real pleasant and goes off the rails. Yeah, <laughs> imagine if Tommy Wiseau, the director of famed cult classic The Room, instead was a startup founder. Oh no! For for like co working spaces. Uh, all right, that sounds a great time. I'm gonna have to watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, anyways, uh, how are you doing, Alex? What are you up to? What have you been doing? Uh, I have been enjoying the wonderful world of Adderall. And oh, really? Yeah. Um, this is my second day. 
Uh huh. It's it's been wonderful. I mean, it it's not perfect. I <laughs> it's been wonderful. Adderall changes everything. Turns Everyone all should your bad feelings meth. into good feelings. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I don't I, think they they prescribed you Adderall then. If that's what's if that's what's doing. Yeah, definitely a little odd. I it was funny because all throughout yesterday I was like I don't feel very different. Uh, and then like at the end of the day, I was sort of counting up all the different times I was, I said, I'm going to do something and then I just did it. And I was like, whoa, all right, I guess it's doing something. Uh, and then I could not fall asleep. So this is me on an hour and a half of sleep. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what that does. (laughs) Yeah. You just pass out halfway through the episode. Right. I just imagine you being like, this Adderall ain't shit. And then your eyes dilated. And then, and then the world started moving at like a fourth speed while you like ran around the house and, and did I, chores. And I just like crossed off a million to do like to do items and yeah. yeah. Uh, That's I, great. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This this a neurotypical world is n- new to me, and mm-hmm. I am still navigating it. But this is a cool step. Right. Yeah, I uh I've I've always been curious if I should get uh tested if I have ADD, ADHD. I honestly don't know the difference between the two and I, it's attention deficient disorder or attention deficient hyperactivity disorder and okay. I think they just cuz I don't think I'm hyperactive. At least I've never felt that way and most no, people think sloth like most people think I'm pretty slow and calm. Uh and they just called me ADHD. So I think that might be just the the umbrella term now. Sure. Just synonymous. Yeah. Just as much as like ASD is, you know, as the uh, acronym implies, a broad spectrum of mm-hmm. neurodivergences. Uh, uh, ADHD can cover a number of different case types. Got it. Interesting. So so how long did it take you to finally to get that that good, good medicine it ended up being not as long as I thought it would be. I mm. uh, remember telling you about my first estimate that came in, which was like, uh, maybe sometime in the fall, uh, mm. we'll be able to see you and, and do the tests and, and that sort of thing. But then I found a wonderful, wonderful psychiatrist uh, who was like, we'll just do a telehealth thing. We can do it next week and I will get the papers written up for you that day um just like email it to you you print it out you take it to your doctor he'll prescribe you something i was like you're awesome thank you uh yeah. and yeah he just did the test over like a uh some official doctory version of zoom it's like you had to <laughs> type in your name and date of birth and make sure you know like you're not violating hipaa or something right uh, web chat right health <laughs> chat med chat or yeah uh he very kind walked me through the whole thing just did a a verbal test where you know he asked me a bunch of questions uh and yeah was like afterwards like yeah you hit a lot of the marks uh definitely (laughs) (laughs) got high scores on this adhd test (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh yeah yeah so that that yeah it was uh that's great that's that's good you're able to find someone else because my my experience in going to doctors and specialists it's always like i think the knowledge your parents give you is like oh you know you just trust trust your doctor your doctor knows what they're doing like don't 
second guess your doctor and then also like there's a lot of like recoiling from the health profession of like because these patients have come in and they've already done their own research and it's like a lot of it's wrong or something 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 and in my experience i have always done the research like like i learned like i had this experience i had i had a dermatologist so i suffer from like chronic acne chronic adult acne and i uh had a dermatologist and had been going for her for i don't know like two or three years and she like prescribed me like all right so you're gonna take this uh this oral um antibiotic then you're gonna take this topical antibiotic twice a day and the oral take once a day and then you're gonna take another thing before i go to bed at night and make sure you wash your wash your face and if i ever missed like a a a single piece of that regimen like my face was always was was immediately gonna start flaring up and, you know, I start doing the research. I was like, there's got to be like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> and, and then I started watching a bunch of, you know, uh, commercials. No, mm-hmm. um, no. And then, you know, and a lot of the research brings me to like Accutane, which is like a very popular, though, sometimes scary medication for that stuff, because like it's like a very uh, uh, powerful, like vitamin A medication. Yeah, that, it's a steroid, uh, right? Uh, it's a it's a retinoid, I believe, okay. which is like a class of medications I think like helps fight. I went down this hyper- road too a long time ago. Yeah, hyperpigmentation or something. They're also <laughs> like over the counter retinoids and stuff. Um, but I was like, oh, I should maybe get on Accutane. I've also heard from people being like, oh, it's 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 basically curative. And uh, I was like, great, this sounds great. I'll bring this to my dermatologist next time I see her. And then like a couple months go by, I go and see her. I was like, hey. I was thinking I should get Accutane because, like, like this regimen I'm on, like, is is pretty difficult to constantly keep on top of day in and day out, and also like it's not like foolproof. Like, even if I stick to it, it's still, you know, there's still some stuff, and I've had like you know, face facial scarring from like when I had like really bad breakouts, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, I'm interested in Accutane. She's like, oh, you don't need that. It's like, oh, your your acne's not bad enough for that, and I'm like, oh boy. Well, well, I'm the one that lives with it, so shouldn't I make that judgment call? Aren't I paying you? Right. Like, (laughs) what what is my copay going towards? This also dermatologist uh, would spend like five minutes with me, and then she would walk out the door. Um, But then I found out she was retiring, so they assigned me to a different dermatologist in that practice, and I met with her for the first time like a month or so ago, and I Mm -hmm. walk in. And she goes, hey, interested in trying Accutane? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> like, let us try something different. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, but there's a lot of fear surrounding that medication because like it can cause birth defects. So if like if you're someone that could possibly get pregnant, you have to constantly like get a pregnancy test once a month. And you have to get your blood drawn before they even prescribe you the medication. Make sure like your certain lipid levels or, or you know, your blood works looking a-okay. And yeah. yeah. So yeah the fuck doctors no um <laughs> i mean i've i've had similar experiences when i came out of college i wanted to see someone for like I, i've had lifelong breathing problems and we thought we're pretty sure it's because when i was very little i had pneumonia super bad and I had to have like surgery twice to to drain my lungs and, and they think it's just kind of like permanently fucked me up not mm-hmm. in a terribly life-altering way i just have like a little <laughs> trouble breathing here and there not in a covid way yeah exactly um and i i wanted to like see a doctor just to be like hey is there like maybe something i can do to improve this you know i would like to be a little better at sports maybe um it's not that i'm sports averse i just 
Anyway. Uh, I'm sports curious. Right. And this doctor was uh, uh, my pediatrician when I was extremely young. It was like the only family doctor we knew, essentially. And I remember when we like called the office, they were like, uh, she's not really seeing any new patients right now. And we had to sort of muscle our way in. It was like, I'm not a, I'm not a new patient. You can... Can you can you see me, please? We don't know anyone else. Uh, and I remember when we went to see her, she was like so dismissive of me, <laughs> and, fun, fun, and fun. was just like, "I ah, probably just have asthma or something." You never knew. Yeah. It was like, I don't yeah. think it's ever. And here's a lollipop, right? And and like here's a trial inhaler, which I tried for like three days. Uh, before I just kind of like was like, this isn't doing shit. Uh, and, and then, like I came back. And she's like, well, your readings look better. So the inhaler is obviously working. And I was like, I only puffed on it three times. <laughs> <laughs> only took a, a small toke, doc. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I was like, well, okay. Uh, uh, but, she, but she was like, well, it's not better enough. So you're, we're going to send you to like a pulmonary specialist or something. And when I saw them, I don't know. They they, they like listened to me and, and did like one like stethoscope to my chest breathing exam. It's like, it is obviously not asthma. Who the hell told you that? (laughs) (laughs) It's wild. It's wild. Um, Finding a good doctor's hard. Finding a good doctor's hard. And then, you know, in even if they're good at what they do, they still have to be able to listen to you. Like there's a difference between like them being an expert in their field, but also having the uh, interpersonal skills of listening to the patient. Because I'm sure a lot like when when a patient mentions like, Hey, I've done some research on my own, or yeah. like I feel this way. It's like, oh, okay. He's like, slow down there, honey. <laughs> like, we know what we're doing. If you like mention WebMD in their presence, they just like go, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. We got a smarty pants over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that you were taking night classes to get your your doctorate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> uh. But we can be dismissive of the gamers. They don't know what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> they have no idea what they're talking about. So what's going on with the gamers? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I sent you that little... Uh, I feel like the, the, the if not the discourse, that at least the topic du jour is returnal. Is it not? Uh, there is some returnal talk happening. Yeah. Are you, are you, you seemed interested in returnal. I am... More interested given everyone's extremely positive response. And I I will say, does uh-huh. seem like most of the extremely positive response came from critics who completed the game. <laughs> Everyone else is like just trying it out and, and like dipping their toes in and is 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 like, oh, this is really uh unforgiving and I don't know if I can continue with it. And that seems fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I, for one, definitely bounced off of near, uh, uh, very hard for similar combat that to what Returnal looks like. So I don't know if I played it, if I would get as far as those critics did, but it is kind of funny how all those wonderful games journalists who beat the game completely are like, this is really, really special. And I don't know how many people are going to get to experience that outside of them. Uh, yeah, who knows? It was like it's like the people with like what was it Final Fantasy thirteen, where it was like, oh, this game gets great thirty hours in <laughs> right. or forty hours in. Like this game is amazing. You you got you gotta you gotta slosh through the mud to get there, but it's amazing. Was was um, that not one of Nelson's own points? <laughs> like, 
Uh, well, that was for whichever one they talked about. Wasn't that was it twelve that they talked about? Is that is that what Zodiac ages? I thought forgotten. it was thirteen. No, no, thirteen is like the lightning series. So they had like lightning oh, returns. And right. We are not the people to be asking about Final Fantasy. We are not. Uh, twelve. Yes, twelve is the. Wait, okay. no. Never yes, mind. Yes, twelve is the 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 Zodiac age one. My bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious to Returnal. Am I? Am I? Five hundred seventy dollars. Curious. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> are you? Because I don't uh, have a PS Five. Wait in line for PS Five. Curious yet? Um. I mean, I I still want a PS Five. Uh. I'm just uh. There's nothing in particular that's making me you know go sit on the PlayStation Direct queue and try to fight with people over get, snagging a, a in an order. Aren't you glad that in these pandemic times you can still simulate the act of having a long line <laughs> yeah. out in front of a Best Buy? <laughs> yeah, we can still simulate Black Friday and trampling over one another to, <laughs> to get a goddamn video game console. Uh, I mean, it's all the crypto miners I blame because of the goddamn silicon shortage. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. The, the more I look at that game the more I'm like, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I don't know if this would hit that certain kind of roguelike that I'd be interested in. Because mm-hmm. first off, I hear like the runs are like an hour or two long yeah, on average. They're and, not a short thing. <laughs> and you can't and you can't pause the game. I mean, you can pause the game, but you can't like you can't save mid run. Right. That was that the tweet that you shared earlier today was yeah. um, uh, Mr. Mr. Schreier. Schreier, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Console yeah. crashed, and that was just it. <laughs> Run Which over. The, the PS5 has been notoriously known for crashing a lot, so like that doesn't seem like the kind of game you want to take that risk on. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And also... I, go ahead. I, I that, That's just it. It's going to come down to um, whether or not anyone has the, the patience and the the sheer gamer skill to, <laughs> to reach <laughs> the specialness in this game apparently sure yeah. can they get good enough as they say right but evidently, as the gamers say but evidently that high hits so well that it's been getting nine nine out of tens like a, almost across the board uh that's good i'm happy for them yeah um especially since this is sort of um this is kind of like the games that they make and i'm blanking on the studio house mark thank you uh but makers they, of Resogun and other such games. Right. They do a lot of arcadey bullet hell high score run type of games. Uh and to sort of merge that with a very triple A aesthetic and drive. Um that's just cool. Yeah. That's a neat experiment you don't see every day. Uh what I heard people like early impressions comparing it to like what if Gungeon and um uh control had a baby. Mm. I was like, man, mm. that sounds pretty neat. Like I like one of those games. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan likes control. Uh, I love control. It's got that character in it. It looks just like him. Uh yeah, get it. Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh yeah. A lot of eternal talk. I think what's probably going to end up happening for me um, is I'm going to like watch a YouTube synopsis of like all the best parts or something. <laughs> you're going to watch Video Game Donkey talk about Returnal. And you're going to get all the understanding. Oh yeah, that that's what Donkey's videos are for. 
Yeah. Uh, Deep-seated analysis. <laughs> speaking, what I go for Donkey too. Speaking of watching video game movies, uh, uh, have you uh-huh. checked out the podcast Attract Mode? Also, have you wow. seen that new Ratchet and Clank, dude? New oh have I seen like the the, the footage Footers. of Ratchet and Clank? I thought you said have I seen the Ratchet and Clank dude? I was like, there's no <laughs> new dude. There's a lady. <laughs> there is a there is a there's a dudette. Um, uh, yes, I watched that small state of play that happened a little while ago, uh, where people were apparently mad that it didn't have more in it, even though they clearly stated it was just for Ratchet and Clank. And the also Ratchet had and Clank us. and a few indie announcements state of play. Did yeah. not have the new Smash character reveal. I'm sorry. That's I am in, eternally mad. How dare you? Uh, on that <laughs> same Miyamoto. note, why are these Smash directs not including any Metroid Prime Four news? I, I'm just I'm shameful. exhausted this, by this. This this shameful. is what's ruining video games. Yeah, this this industry's ruined. It's broken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, gosh, that game looks pretty. Um, looks pretty good. That's a. Uh, that would be a solid reason, I think, to own a PS5. Yeah. Uh, to experience yeah. the power of an SSD. Uh, I, you know, they, they use that game very early on in, like, the the PS5 kind of marketing campaign to be like, look how fast this thing loads stuff. It's loading complete other levels, like, right. as Ratchet goes through the teleporter. Uh, like, instantly. Yeah. And part of me is now kind of wondering like how much that is smoke and mirrors like i'm sure there's some technical wizardry there i'm like i'm not trying to discount the the hard work the devs have surely done on it but i'm also kind of like like okay like they're going through this you know this portal mm-hmm. and there's like some you know occlusion happening that's like eliminating the old level and putting them in the new level but like I think it's just the fact that um, it can load that level from SSD to RAM so quickly with those specific assets, like completely new assets and exactly slotting them in. Yeah, I mean it is it is impressive no matter what. Because um, loading a level, uh, at least in the game engines and experiences I've had, uh, is a whole dang process. Sure. Uh, that yeah, I could see that being pretty impressive. Yeah, especially this, with the amount of detail they're showing off on these levels. Right. It is, it is, this is now the the uh, uh, modern day equivalent of Samus shooting the door in Metroid Prime and it not opening immediately because it's loading stuff behind it. But instead of Samus shooting the door, it's just Ratchet going through a a teleportation sequence very quickly. Right. How much do you want to bet that like on release we're going to see like clips of that hitching pretty bad? <laughs> like uh, someone someone's PS5 is not oh, going to be yeah. up to snuff. Or like it's real, like, like edge case kind of stuff. Yeah or, yeah. or like some faulty hardware or it's not been cleaned and there's just like dust clogging every vent already. And I don't know. I'm curious. I feel like that wouldn't. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know enough about it. Like I can't pretend to know the real kind of brass tack system design to make real accurate assertions about like how that could what the failure points in that could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it'd be a widespread thing, but it I definitely, I, you know, if, if a new puddle gate were to occur <laughs> in the form of like, these, these portals aren't instantly taking me to what, what's happening. I, I, I can see the Chrome cat video already. Like <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. but anyway, I don't know. 
I think yeah. it looks gorgeous. Um, I think they're certainly pushing graphical vitality. And even though I'm definitely one of those gamers to, to be all up in arms about like graphical fidelity doesn't mean a thing in the long term, uh, I can admit when it's very impressive. It looks really good. That's very impressive. The uh, the the folks at, at Insomniac continue to do good work, but also as someone that's never played a Ratchet and Clank, I, part of me looks at it and goes, "Yep, looks like one of those games." Sure does. <laughs> Definitely running around shooting stuff, and yep, the title has a butt joke in it. And oh yeah, this one's a little a uh, little more uh, vague than the others, at least. It's a little more vague, and it's a little more explicit. I was gonna say, does it? Like conjure images images of a like goatsy in your mind, yeah. like it does for it's me. Got some some spreadability happening here <laughs> in this in this brush and clank title, to be oh sure. Oh my god! What was the last one? The the reboot on on PS4 with the that movie. was just called Ratchet and Clank. Okay, they didn't yeah, because it was just a remake of the first one. Um, I'm trying to think. It's there's up your arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going commando. Going commando. Is Quest for Booty one? I don't think so. Man, is that a different game? Looking these up now. It's time to go to a wiki page. It's that time in the show where we go to Wikipedia. All right, here I go. How many of these Um, are mainline Ratchet and Clank games? (laughs) Yes, uh, let's let's list them out. Um, We're at bold some of these in this release timeline, so obviously those are the... I guess so, yeah. The mainline Um, ones. Deadlocked, Size Matters, that's definitely one. Does Deadlocked mean anything? I don't think so. Um, tools of destruction is like sure, yeah. Uh, quest for booty. Quest for booty is one. There you go. Yeah. Um, cracking time. Yes, absolutely. Also, these are Ratchet and Clank Future. It's like a subset. Or I think it's just like yeah, different sagas. I guess so. Uh, all for one. The collection. Yeah. Full frontal assault. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, into the nexus, kind of. I'm not willing to call that one a, a butt, yeah. butt joke. Do you call your butt the Nexus? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's exit <laughs> only, but yes. <laughs> this is the origin of all things. <laughs> the centroid of the mechanism. Uh, oh, no! No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. We're mixing franchises over here at Warcast. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Ratchet and Clank looks cool. Yeah, sure. Why not? Continues to Why not? look cool. Why not? Why not? Why not? All right, since we're talking about games we haven't played, let's talk about one more. What do you think of that new Pokemon Snap? <laughs> I All right. So actually, my first impression of that, uh, outside of like watching the trailer, because I did, um, but my buddy got it, and the first thing he sent to me was a screenshot of like the new professor and was like Alex they, they they stole your likeness for this game and yeah the new professor looks like me apparently I, I, I could see it and then like uh, I don't know if it's you but at least another photographer turns up next to him and my buddy was like wait hold on because that looks like him <laughs> and we were just kind of like uh ah, <laughs> uh, who who got a hold of my fanfic right uh but, you know, I, I like I said, when I was talking about Fallen Order and uh, when I cry every night about Mega Man Legends 3, uh, hell yeah, games the protagonist that look like me. All about that. Um, I don't know. Sounds awesome. 
every the reviews I've I've seen, people talk about, they're like, yes, if you liked Pokemon Snap on the N64, this is just as good. Well, I did like Pokemon Snap on the N64. So did I. So, so hopefully gonna... my nostalgia holds together as right. we <laughs> try try to try to play this new one. Evidently, it does take a little while, but you do get a fast forward option in this one. So oh, that's like, great. Yeah. Um, they don't give it to you outright, but eventually they're like, oh, by the way, now you can speed up the cart if you want to like get to a specific part. Thank God. Uh, yeah, that's a good good addition. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's new Pokemon in it. What more do you want? Turns out they didn't stop at 150. <laughs> they kept going. They hit 800 at one point, and now they're back to like six or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was talking to some friends about it, um, including one uh, Phil Tiptoski of Young Horses in Bugsnacks fame. And he was like, have y'all played Pokemon Snap recently? It's honestly kind of boring. And I was like, Phil, <laughs> Phil, don't do this to me, Phil. I just it's, I just need to hold on to something. <laughs> I think it's a very relaxing game. I did actually pick it up and replay it uh, maybe like two or three years ago. Um, mm. I remember enjoying it still. It was like, it's cool. It's not a game where you have a lot of authority. You just kind of enjoy the ride. And yeah. I mean, it's I'm, an unreal shooter. So, right. I'm up for that. Uh, man. And there's some cool little secrets and set pieces in there. Like what you can do when you like throw certain objects at certain things. Uh, you know, get the, the Charizard to pop out of the, the hot geyser. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah, pop out of the century of the mechanism. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I need to pick it up. Um, trying to save some money currently, so I didn't buy it on launch day. And my game for this month is going to end up being the new Resident Evil. So, all right. Have you played that demo? Oh, that demo was PlayStation that was PS5 only. Right? only. I think Wait, PS5 are... only. I maybe maybe it's PS4 too. I think all their yeah. demos so far have been Sony console only. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to say one of them was PS5 only just to be like, uh, buy a PS5, play this Resident Evil Village demo. Yeah. Um, Apparently there was a, a time constraint on it that people were complaining about, so they removed it. And oh, really? kept the demo up for a little bit longer. Yeah. It was huh. like you're capped at like 60 minutes. Like as soon as the demo started, it would stop after an hour. I heard it was, I heard it was 30. But I didn't oh, hear that maybe, they removed maybe it. Maybe it is. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, Pokemon Snap. You know, if it doesn't have Professor Oak going, "Wow, you were close." Is it even a Pokemon Snap game? <laughs> that's this new guy. I think his name is Professor Glass. Professor Mirror. Professor Mirror. That's it. Yeah, I was close. Um, really breaking new ground uh, in Pokemon Professor World by not being named after a tree. I mean, uh, you don't know. There might be like a mirror tree. <laughs> In the Pokemon world. Hey, Google, is there a mirror tree? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, people are speculating that Professor Mirror might be the protagonist from the first game as an adult. Oh, no kidding. Since it's a guy was also like a Auburn Ginge. There's a picture of him. (laughs) Where's a picture of his, his anime equivalent, Todd. Right. Yeah, that guy. Man, yeah. he was weird. I remember there was him, and then they had, like, what, Casey? Tracy? Tracy. Tracy Sketchit. Right. Which is, you know, just good good names, Pokemon. 
excellent names. As a kid, I didn't know that was a different character, and I was like, why did they redesign Brock for this season? <laughs> he just had he had similar Brock tendencies. Like they could they could replace the character, but they couldn't replace the womanizing, if I recall. Uh yeah, no, Tracy was much more appropriate than than Brock ever was. I mean, definitely, but also wasn't there like someone that there was there was some lady he w- he was like all over maybe, i couldn't tell you maybe it was just one lady but i think yeah. i remember that episode. it was just that one nurse joy okay yeah <laughs> just celadon city's nurse joy he loves right um all right well that's enough talking about games that we haven't played you want to talk about some games we have played always all right alex i have been hearing nothing but good things about this game since it came out last year i think Earlier this year? I forget when this game came out. Tell me about Teardown. Yeah. Um, Teardown's pretty sick. I mean, I remember following it on Twitter uh, once the guy was just like showing off like, hey, here's my cool voxel engine. Yeah. Right? And he was still like trying to figure out a game around it. But like I, I've got this really cool physicality to all of these voxels and like they're all different materials that react to different like strength and, and objects and um uh, given that, I mean, it's a sandbox where you're you're assigned tasks like tear down this building. Uh, most of, I think, most of them are heists, and I haven't um, done a ton of this game, if only because it's still early access, and I like waiting for for completed games before I like really dive into them. But I but I couldn't resist biting off a small chunk of this, so I did like the first three missions. Um, and the first one's a fairly simple get used to the system here's a house just just tear it to bits bring bring it completely down using mm-hmm. i think you get a sledgehammer uh and a fire extinguisher but also at like the corner of the map there's a what would you call not a bulldozer but like the really big crane a backhoe no 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 no. um it's it's got the big scoop it's like a bulldozer meets a crane i don't know i don't know my big tonka trucks um <laughs> is that is that not a backhoe maybe it is a backhoe oh my gosh yeah it's a backhoe okay you're probably right Come um you got one of those and you can like lift the the big scoop and bring it on top of the house and, and tear it all down um much like the name of the game implies uh I put a picture in the chat you sure is did this what you're talking about yeah it is one of those it's a, a really big one but yeah um love my backhoes big but then, like, you get fired. I, I don't. Your whole operation is now. Now, quote, now this has gotten too real, right? <laughs> your whole operation from the get-go, I understand, is quote-unquote illicit. Um, your that first mission, I believe, even is is like a you know this this is a historical site home that the city wants taken down, but f- to like put a shopping mall or something, and. Uh, but, you know, it's like a historical site, so they can't. Do you think you could just, like, get rid of it in the middle of the night and, like, completely? And and you're and that's what you do. Uh, and then, like, the next three missions are all, uh, hey, someone saw you. You kind of need to stay on the lam. Uh, so we're going to do, like, the, the, the next couple of these is, like, smaller heists. Um, and they're all basically heists. You're, you're trying to acquire... A useful bit of information, uh, some money, uh, uh, different, just different varieties of of thievery from various voxel maps, where 
as soon as your task is completed, you have like a limited amount of time before alarms trip. So planning your your way in is just as important as planning your way out. What this leads to is a pretty interesting thought puzzle where you have to play with like where you can and where you can and where you should cut holes in walls, smash openings, uh, uh, hit these support beams, smash these support beams so like this, uh, uh, this bit of piping falls down on one end and forms a ramp, that kind of thing. And then go, okay, so I'm going to hit this. Uh, the window smashed open. I can walk along the pipes to the next building with the next bit of information because, like, the timers can start counting down as soon as I grab the first bit. Uh, I that leads to the roof. Uh, I smashed a hole into the roof. I'm gonna get in there. Um, I'm gonna use uh, I use the blowtorch to like take out the iron bars on the below of that building. Book it from there to the next building. Grab that. Um, then I sort of built a a ramp from using one of those backhoes uh had the had the 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 mechanism of it lifted so that it, it sort of created a ramp and i could jump off the top of the the cabin of the backhoe over the gate back into my car to escape and so that's the kind of cool shit you can do when your entire game is made out of voxels it turns out uh yeah. you're just allowed to simulate all of this and your tools are all mechanisms uh, are, are all just like instruments that allow you to work with that um i also like that they gave you a spray paint can which doesn't do anything but mark the voxels in yellow uh and at first i thought oh this is just kind of fun i can like draw smiley faces on the ground and stuff but you can also use it to like mark ideas down like you can put an arrow on this wall and be like okay let's keep this thing in mind it might be a cool way to break in uh and I uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cap this off by saying I got stuck on the last level because <laughs> there's a a side objective to get a to push a big heavy safe into a into the lake and I couldn't figure it out <laughs> I couldn't come up with like an eloquent solution it's so heavy like almost every physics object in this game nudges a little bit when your character pushes into it and it does not. Hmm. So I was trying to like figure out, okay, how the hell do I do this? And I think I gave it like three tries and I was, I, I couldn't figure out how do you get this safe to like roll down this hill into the lake. Uh, but yeah. So the scoping phase, like how far into like the level can you like scope things out? Like, can you accidentally like trip or trigger the like alarm or like the actual like heist phase while you're scoping or, uh, as far as I got, which again was only like four maps, uh, no, it, you had okay. like an indefinite time to plan out. Got it. Okay, but and then like you kind of spawn yourself back at the starting point. It's like, all right, this is this is the run. Right. Is that how it works, or you walk yourself back, or however it works. Right. Yeah. You 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 plan it out. You smash what you need to smash. I would imagine to make things more difficult. Eventually, there's going to be like if you break this window, the alarm will start, and like the timer is going to start. Right. Um, but. Like I said, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to dive completely into it, just because that's sort of my policy on early access stuff. Uh, but what I but what I did experience so far was was pretty indefinite and, and pretty simple. Um, oh, and and I should mention also, once you complete missions, you get like new tools and they open new options. Like the blowtorch wasn't uh, initially part of the kit. 
So I'm pretty sure you just start with a, a sledgehammer uh, and the spray paint can. <laughs> uh, Got it. But and then you can like upgrade them so that they do better. And uh, you, yeah, it's it's a really neat game. I I really wanna really wanna uh, uh, complete that once the whole thing's available. Yeah, um, as someone that loves uh, destructible environment games. I'm really interested in checking it out. I'm this just curious if like the actual like objectives of the game feel like they've run counter to like the environmental destruction. Cause it sounds like like, cause and, and it seems like you can tackle these objectives in however, whatever way you want. So like I've seen people like back a truck yeah, into a wall and just run in and grab whatever they needed and then run back out and drive away. Yeah. It's an immersive sim. Yeah, God damn it! <laughs> By that logic, Red Faction Gorilla is also a, an immersive sin. Oh yeah, which for I sure. Dis- no, 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 <laughs> no. I don't like this this immersive sim like you unify theory you have where everything is now an immersive sim. It's it's like an amoeba. It just absorbs <laughs> every game it comes across. <laughs> like a shark has to keep making metaphors. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I want to check it out. Um. Because it definitely seems like up my alley. It's very um, cool. It's even for like a, a, a sort of tech demo-y early access game. It's already got a vibe and a look and, and, and a real a real charm to it. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty grand. I would like to talk more about it. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll pick it up. Let me see. How much is it? I want to say 20 bucks. Maybe less. Yeah. 20 bucks. Nice. Twenty dollars, um, less than your DoorDash. You don't know how I live. <laughs> I might just be ordering like a Snickers bar from the Wawa. And that's still probably then, that then might you, that might still be twenty dollars. And you pay fifteen dollars for fees and tip and and, yeah, and tax yeah. and. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> most of the time it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I've been playing a game. You sure have. I've been playing a game. We talked about how I installed Hearthstone right. last time. I've been playing Hearthstone. You've been playing more Hearthstone. I've been playing more Hearthstone. How much have you spent on Hearthstone so far? Oh, zero dollars. I okay. never I never spend money on Hearthstone. Um <laughs> no, no, I no, look no, like no, a no, chump? No. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Um I don't know, man, still Hearthstone. I haven't touched Hearthstone since probably 2015 or 2016 yeah same so a lot has changed a lot has changed a lot has stayed the same so like the things that's changed is mostly like well obviously the meta like all the cards are different and shit they have they have different like tiers of cards so they have like standard play which is like whatever the current few expansions are so they only worry about balancing those they have classic play which are like the original series of cards uh from like when we were probably playing when it first came out and then they have wild you know, wild play, which is you can play with any card, so you can mix and match. So it's just like no one gives a shit. Like yeah. whatever. Like it's gonna be super unbalanced, and it's, it's like. a nightmare. Um, so I've been playing mostly standard, uh, and I think um, they also have you. I forget if they have you upgrade. Like when I started playing, it also does like a bunch of shit. It's like, hey, welcome back to the game. Here's like a bunch of free packs, and we have like this. They they have a trophy road first I off. Think... So they, have, they have a battle pass and a trophy road and all this shit. <laughs> I think yeah, I got that. I, I think I opened it up recently just to like 
uh, similar to what you did, I like compared it to the new Magic the Gathering app. And I was like, I wonder what Hearthstone's doing these days. And yeah, like 17 card packs just for... Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Come back. Come back. Um, Please play this again. <laughs> yeah. They have like a quest because they had like daily and weekly quests back in the day. Or maybe it was just daily. I don't remember. Um, and they had like when you start the game back up after like a, a time of not playing it, it has a quest series called Return of the Hero. And there's like parts one through five and every part you complete and it's just like play a game play another game play three games win a game win one of their alternate like game modes or whatever and it's like here's a single pack here's three packs here's five packs you know it's just yeah they're just like trying to like pump you with that uh that endorphin rush of opening digital booster packs to to keep you invested and um they also do this thing where I think they allow you to like pick a class and they just like give you like a starter deck based around that class uh, of the new like run of cards. So I was like, oh, OK, like I always played mage both in WoW and in Hearthstone. So I was like, all right, give me a mage deck. Mm-hmm. And they are like, all right, here you, you can pick one of these decks. And then like they all have names like brain power. And there was like another one called something else. Um so I was like, all right, let's do brain power. And it's like, cool. And I found out <laughs> afterwards. So like I started playing and I was like, oh, I'm doing pretty well. It's like, you know, I'm winning some, I'm losing some, but I'm like going up the 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 rankings at a, a decent clip. Yeah. Um, like, but the thing I hate about this game or, you know, most card games or digital card games in general is that like building a deck, balancing a deck. It's like, I just want, is there not an app that can just like, Tell me what auto, a good deck yeah, is. Just auto generate me a deck. And I, so like I always had the I, most success whenever I would play Magic or Yu Gi Oh like in real life with friends, uh, uh, just with like the store bought deck. Mm, like just mm-hmm. take it out of the box and play with that, and, and like you'll do way better than anything I like made by hand. <laughs> yeah, because because like to to make something like really good like by hand, like you would have to buy so many booster packs or whatever to like even have the volume of cards to like start building something um so <clears throat> there's a couple of services that that handle this um i think one of the more uh uh <coughs> one of the more uh agreed upon ones in terms of quality is this site called uh hsreplay.net that you can go to and they have an app um so you make an account and you download this app and then the app when you have hearthstone running on your pc it then auto imports your entire card catalog into this app and then uploads it to their site and it says all right these are all the cards you have we'll tell you what the best possible deck you can have is and it turns out that pre-made mage deck that i selected at the very beginning is starting back at hearthstone is the best possible deck i could have it has like an average win rate of like 56 percent um and it's just like i literally can't build anything that's better (laughs) uh with the cards i have and i'm like well i I mean i'll just play with this deck ad infinitum until like you know i get enough because between like the trophy road and like a bunch of like daily quests and stuff like you get enough they have like multiple currencies like you get enough stuff that you could purchase more decks or more booster packs if you wanted to and i'm just kind of like all right well i'll just just do this like this is this is the best possible scenario for me it's like i'm not dumping money into this because i never did i never wanted to and i'm i'm not like constantly losing because they completely like rearranged how like 
you you rank up because before they had like a single rank tier that was like ranked like 20 through one and then like a legendary tier after that and in this you have like um several different tiers with their own 20 through one ladders in them so it's like or maybe it's 10 through one but it's like you start in bronze and then you move up to silver and then you move up to gold and it's like it and it and any and when you're in bronze when you lose a game you can't rank down so you can Mm. only go up uh whereas before because it was only one single ladder 20 through one like after rank i don't know 15 or whatever you would immediately start down demoting yourself because like there was a real uh uh make or break kind of tier right there where it's like oh okay now i'm playing against people that are like they only play this game and they're spending ridiculous amounts of money and i can't hope to win and i'm not like paying attention to whatever the current meta is whereas right now it's like okay like i can i can exist i can (laughs) i can live in bronze and i can try to work my way up through bronze and if i get far enough then i can you know maybe go through silver and it's like that's nice and it's like it's not you know my my enjoyment of this game isn't being ruined because i'm not being brutally massacred after winning a couple games uh by anyone else that i go up against um yeah so yeah i don't know it's fun it's still hearthstone uh if you like Hearthstone, play Hearthstone. If you don't like Hearthstone, don't play Hearthstone. Right. If you like World of Warcraft, maybe play Hearthstone. Uh, I like World of Warcraft. Yeah. That was. Do you like World of Warcraft? It's all right. <laughs> that, that was one of the things I was kind of hoping for when I when I dipped my toes into World of Warcraft. I was like, so I'm going to get all the Hearthstone references suddenly, and, and I probably only scratched the surface of that. <laughs> well, it, it's it's wild because like some of the references aren't even in WoW. Like some of the references are to like WoW memes. So, like there's a card called Raid Leader, and when you summon yeah. him, he goes handle it like the fucking fifty DKP minus <laughs> meme, and it's like this is so wild. And there's a Leroy Jenkins meme there's like a Leroy card. card. Like, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> um, and you know there's like an Elven Archer card that says one shot one kill when you summon it, which I think is more so like a overwatch reference or you know something else i mean that's just like a general yeah fps it's true reference yeah. <laughs> that's better out um, forever and hearthstone came out before overwatch that doesn't really count i i uh, believe uh, uh snipers in the civil war would say one shot one kill uh, mm. with what? their with their not not even bolt action rifles there right they're they're muskets they're muskets that they would have to yeah. pack every shot and and then if if they got a kill um they would like have to run over to the body and, and crouch on it a lot that was <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. pretty important battlefield strategy for dixie and then they'd immediately be <laughs> shot down right to demoralize. Um, uh there is at least one historical record of a civil war marksman uh doing a 360 like before, <laughs> before a 360 <laughs> no scope <laughs> yeah <laughs> i couldn't even finish yeah. that god damn it <laughs> they saw him sprinting across the battlefield with just his knife out yeah make him run faster <laughs> he was way faster with just that knife yeah. it was weird it's like yeah. he wasn't even carrying the extra he, weight <laughs> and he, and he stabbed stonewall jackson they had to amputate his arm because of it <laughs> um the uh the last thing i'll say about hearthstone is that they have like a bunch of different uh modes in it now and one of the modes is called tavern brawl which is like this weird mode that like That's resets like- every week Oh, oh, okay, okay. I was um all right, yeah. What were you thinking of? 
Um, my cousin occasionally streams it. He's really into like the auto chess mode. Oh, oh I, yeah, no, that's that's battlegrounds. Okay, gotcha. Um, I I played a little bit of that and didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was <laughs> like, all right, so like they you got to pick new minions every round and then some of them respawn but some of them don't and then they attack starting left to right and i don't i don't get it i even even in my head put together that was an auto chess mode like because yeah that's how out of it i was (laughs) he used to play a lot of hearthstone uh and then fell out of it and evidently that particular mode has sucked him back in that's all he plays (laughs) it's interesting i did i did not uh I did not enjoy that mode, but I did enjoy Tavern Brawl, which they, I, it seems like, so it says like it resets every week. I don't know if it resets like the mode, mm-hmm. um, or whatever, but it's just, I think it's just like wacky mode. So they have, so they yeah. have like, so they have the battleground thing, which is this auto chest. They have arena, which is basically magic draft. Um, we have to build your deck right. right then and there. I did and, one of those. And, that, and then they have, uh, uh, tavern brawl which the the version i played it was called the the theme was the battle for toll barred which was like i think toll barred is like like a mage prison in in warcraft sure so so the whole theme of the mode was it was regular hearthstone but every time you summoned a minion to your side of the board you would then automatically get in your hand a random spell. Didn't have didn't have to be a spell associated with your class. Any spell that existed that cost zero mana. That's of, neat. And the spell was <laughs> and the spell was always of simul of of identical mana value as the minion you just summoned. So if you summoned a mana five minion, you got a mana five spell, but it would cost zero mana. And it, it that's that's probably some of the most fun I had just because like it's so low stakes and you just do yeah. the most bonkers ass shit. It's it's the, it, it's the Overwatch arcade mode. Just the, the, sure. the, the, the yeah. silly the silly stuff. Yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. go have some wacky fun. So that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um yeah. I I hope whatever it resets to in a couple of days or whatever is as fun as as that. Um but yeah, that's uh that's Hearthstone still. Heroes of Warcraft. Heroes of Warcraft. So let's do a Warcraft check-in, Alex. So I assume, I mean, you're definitely done. No right? change. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> when I when last time we did this, which is what, like two or three episodes ago? Well, yeah. I, when last we spoke, you, you, you still had your month sub. I did. Um, but I was like, at that point, I had shelved it and I wasn't sure if I was going to go back. Uh, I did not go back. <laughs> and, and my sub has run out. And I feel no draw to it anymore. It's fair. Um, I mean, I think the road to level 60 to unlock foxes might have burnt me out a little bit because by the time I had it, I was like, well, that's my goal, Matt. I don't really have a goal anymore. I'm just kind of running around as a fox. Uh, I, I was doing the Pandaria expansion because that seemed neat. Mm-hmm. I like pandas. I like yeah. Asian culture. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do the I'll do this. Um and then after like I don't know three or four days of it being very similar to what I did as a Taran in the uh, the Jamaica island uh, <laughs> uh-huh. the trolls yeah I mean it's just it's just so so uh, I don't know look I don't want to be rude because I know it's definitely <laughs> okay. I don't want to be rude but fuck this game <laughs> um, 
I, I, I mean, it's just boring. I, <laughs> wow. I played wow. a dungeon. You, with- sir. You, sir. A man <laughs> that says his current favorite game this year is another Monster Hunter game dares to say that World of Warcraft is boring. Monster Hunter continues to be exciting. I don't know what to tell you. I, I did do a dungeon with my cousin, and at that point, I was like, oh, this is the meat. Like, like this is this is the... F- this is like why you keep playing, mm. and, and I, it can be. And I got that. Well, okay. Yeah. I suppose there's definitely other reasons, but um, the dungeon was just like, like okay, this is pretty cool, yeah. um, because it requires like some teamwork, some coordination. Uh, uh, the the theming of the areas is all really unique and really cool, um, and uh, like when we got to the end of it, it felt like an actual triumph that we all strived together uh, and fought together for it, and um, uh, it was especially neat playing with him because uh, he's a Mikey's playing forever, uh, Mikey cousin, uh, and and he was just like a guidebook for the whole thing. Uh, and I think there were players in there that were even lower level than me, and, and so he was like typing in chat, like, "Okay, here's how this next bit goes," and and yeah, everyone was like following it and 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 court and teamwork, and yeah, that was cool. I was like, "All right, I see the reason you guys keep coming back to this. Like, I would want to do this with you guys. Uh, I just was not not equipped for the slog that was hitting level sixty again." Yeah, I think because when I first started playing WoW, like I never even got to 60, like with my first character or two, just because like I was always so I would just get lost in regions. I would just be like, oh, I'm just going to walk around here and fight some stuff and do the quest like it, it it didn't become my my leveling experience didn't become as regimented until like later by like the third or fourth character I started playing where it's like, ah, like now, like I, I played like a dwarf paladin mm-hmm. for a while. I think I only ever got him to like level 40. And then by the time I like stuck to my like main troll mage, it's like that's when I like stuck to it. It's like, oh, okay. Like I can, I can experience all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, I think setting yourself up, I, I don't want to say you set yourself up for failure, but yeah, like <laughs> being like, I want to unlock one of these allied races as fast as possible, which requires you to hit this level max as fast as possible because like you're you don't want to pay like extended like subscription um but i get it i mean it'd be really cool like you should do like a uh like a a dungeon tour of of azeroth because that that might be more your style just like hey has this had me go into a dungeon because there are a lot of quests that are like all right you need to run this dungeon and beat this boss or whatever and and i'll reiterate what made me want to keep playing was was like it's it's a very cool sense of exploration uh I, I was working i think at the time i just decided to call it my goal was like okay let me just get a flying mount so that i can like fly over stuff and, and just like look at all the cool art um I've, I've said this before but that's still like i think the main draw to world of warcraft for me is this pretty fascinating world every one of it like kind of a unique biome it's very well curated and uh, uh full of unique stuff uh so like yeah like like touring touring the <laughs> touring as a tauren right <laughs> uh getting to see all of the cool things they have created for this massive massive game uh is still what probably fascinates me the most I'm not saying I'll never go back, uh, 
but it is at this current point in time not something I'm very interested in. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely I mean, we probably share similar memories with something like PSO, but like wow, playing wow in like um as a middle schooler mm-hmm. and like having that experience of like oh we're going to this we're going into the dead mines which is like this this hidden like base that's like beneath this ghost town and like this desert area that like right. is run by this like evil organization and it's like this thing that like goes down and is like a huge like manufacturing operation down here and they're trying to make this giant battleship that they're gonna run up the coast and attack Stormwind with and like doing that with a bunch of strangers and all the strangers have to like coordinate together and do stuff yeah it's something special that's like you know uh difficult to be captured by by other games because it's it's so many little things spinning in sequence and meshing together so well yeah i think a standout moment was the spooky island i went to or at least like a spooky section of an island uh during that zanzibar uh uh jamaica i I forget the actual name i don't know is it zanzibar um bermuda jamaica who i want to take you like that these these horribly racist troll uh (laughs) characters by the way um they uh there is a bit where the horde is like okay you've done enough here for now you'll come back but like for now we we need you to go out and explore this island there's like three different sections and each one is like its own little set piece with a, a couple quests to it uh and one of the sections was like really spooky and it was a really pretty dark foggy forest with a lot of like red leaves and gray trees and like the art direction was really well done um it's like the music was really eerie and and then like ghosts attack you i was like all right yeah i love this shit like i don't know definitely feels uh uh uh, like there's there's so much love to it uh yeah i i just wish i enjoyed the the minutia the i get it yeah we're both on the same page once we once we came to that uh, understanding that wow for you is monster hunter for me i think we have we have come to an equilibrium point where it's like one other one understands the other and we're now in perfect balance is what we're saying perfect harmony alex and dilla will never argue again uh (laughs) that's that's true that's true (laughs) true words uh uh speaking of blizzard do you want to talk about activision blizzard uh yeah there was something interesting that happened there's a lot of interesting things first off Apparently, CEO Bobby Kotick has taken a 50% pay cut. Right. Uh, I don't know if this was... I read that headline a slightly different way the first time and got very mad until I went... Until I actually read the article. Like he takes the pay cut from everyone else. He's absorbing 50% of everyone's salary. The first headline I saw was not Bobby Kotick takes 50 pay cut. It was like Bobby Kotick enacts 50% pay cut. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I can see how it's, that's, it's just Bobby Kotick standing on the roof of the Activision Blizzard building with a giant vacuum, and he's just sucking up <laughs> dollar bills from all the employees standing outside. Yeah, yeah, like everyone's sitting in their cubicle, and all the vents activate, and like their wallets <laughs> slip out of their back pocket. <laughs> Uh, why did this, he pay us in the first place he could just garnish our wages with it right yeah like <laughs> there's a systemic way to do this it's not so outwardly evil uh <laughs> and he's just cackling his office just like but then what was the point of me installing these vents <laughs> <laughs> paid paid good money for these vents gotta use them uh so anyway yeah <laughs> i laid off 800 people for these vents 
Bobby Kotick pulled a Satoru Iwata. Um, not wow. That's a little. This that's painting him in way too benevolent a light. I think. I think you're right. That's yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know the reasons for this, but I assume them to be genuine for now. The phrase, the phrase to align with company targets, uh, is right. in this gameindustry.biz article. So I don't know if this is something. You said he enacted it, so I don't know if, like, uh, here you see. Here's a quote from the same article. Kodak's salary came under fire last year with company shareholders arguing that he has paid too much. Right. The notion was supported by the CTW Investment Group, a firm set up to challenge excessive executive pay, urging shareholders to vote against the decision to remu- uh, remunerate Kodak in line with previous years. Um, I am remembering this now. All right. So his salary is reduced 50%. Uh, This equates to $875,000 in reduction. That's a lot Uh, of money. Kodak has also agreed. That's maybe too much money. (laughs) That might be too much money for one person. Kodak has also agreed to reduce his target annual bonus by 50%, a potential reduction of $1.75 million. Good Lord. Yeah, for okay. fiscal years 2021 and 2022. Uh, however, Kodak is still eligible to retur- to earn up to 200% of the reduced base salary due to exceptional factors detailed in an extension amendment. This amendment notes that under Kodak's leadership, Activision Blizzard's market capitalization has increased from less than $10 million to over $70 billion with an 8,100% increase in shareholder return between the years 2000 and 2020. Uh, Essentially, it could be set to receive up to $200 million as a result of Activision Blizzard's success over the last year. Uh, I rescind my previous comment. <laughs> this is probably nothing genuine about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, like he's <laughs> he has the potential to like make back easily make back what 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 he lost. lost yeah um, always... that's not even to go into that doesn't even consider like how much he has invested from previous year's salary how much he owns in activision blizzard stock which is as to like okay what's it's bobby Kotick's net, uh, worth. net worth yeah i mean it's a lot i think Probably it's at least a billion is it more than mr epic oh to, to tim sweeney thank you um. All right, net worth of Bobby Kotick six hundred million dollars. That net seems worth low. Tim Sweeney. Yeah, but it's video games though. So like video games, I don't know. I, Whoa. Okay. Yeah, because Tim Sweeney's a like massive, right? Seven point four billion for Tim right. Sweeney. Like that much, I remember. Like Tim Sweeney might be the richest game exec in the world. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's also, you know, uh part of Kodak's net worth is tied to whatever the stock price of Activision Blizzard is, whereas Epic's private. So, and they, I don't know. It's hard. That's hard to tell. Like, I, those aren't both directly comparable because, I mean, Gabe Newell's net worth is $4.1 billion, And, like, oh, is he? you have to think that Valve is making money hand over fist with Steam. But why is he? I, I had the worst joke just pop up in my head. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe keep it to yourself. <laughs> uh, but you have you have to think like 
where this valuation comes from, like, okay. and how much, how much, you know, with, with, you know, Unreal Engine licensing, is that what's causing his, his worth to be so high or like Fortnite? Is Fortnite making Fortnite. so much money? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the answer is yes, Fortnite. <laughs> yes, Fortnite. And uh, it looks like Activision Blizzard wants to make their own Fortnite or has been making their own Fortnite because they just announced that Toys for Bob <laughs> is no longer going to be making games and is solely going to be a support studio for Call of Duty Warzone. They're seemingly very successful Battle Royale. Yeah. And like, I get it. It's Call of Duty. It's a massive franchise. I know people who love Warzone say it's great. Uh, good for them. Uh, that just sucks so much. It look especially. It, I I, I want to point out one thing in particular, and this isn't uh-huh. to discount the rest of Toys for Bob, but like, uh, uh, there's a great great man on YouTube, uh, New Frame Plus, who talks about video game animation and and like, you know, very loving, uh, and and analytical ways uh, and uh he he had a recent point to make about how toys for bob might be one of the best in the business mm-hmm. i mean the stuff that they've done for crash and spyro and uh gosh i feel like there's one more example but i can't think of it um i mean skylanders if you want to consider skylanders separate from spyro yeah let's go ahead and do that uh yeah like like he was saying you know they're just they're very, very good at what they do with those cartoony art styles mm-hmm. and the expressions. And uh, I mean, not only does it suck that we just got like a crash reboot that went over pretty well, from what I understand, uh, and now that's just going to be shelved indefinitely. Um, is it a reboot? Because I mean, it was a numbered sequel. Oh, it is a numbered sequel. I just yeah. everything that was that didn't have a it's game about since time. Like the third generation Alex. or something. The is, game is a reboot now. It's about time. It's about time. It is about time. It's about it's time about Crash time. have a reboot. It's uh, about time Crash got shelved again. <laughs> <laughs> poor Crash, man. And poor Spyro, too. Like, yeah. I don't uh it's just it's very He's definitely gonna be in Smash now. Because what else are they gonna do with him? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Think- do you think they're just gonna put a uh, Call of Duty guy in Smash? Yeah, Soap McTavish is gonna be in Smash Brothers. <laughs> is that an actual Call of Duty man? It's the character you play in uh, Call of Duty Four. Oh, okay. Or or Captain Price, guy with the good the good whiskers. That's the one that I keep hearing. That's the one I would assume. I think God. he's kind of like uh, you know, if you had to pick a mascot, it would either be Captain Price or uh, Mason from the Black Ops series last name mason first sure. name I, redacted I, I gotta be honest smash brothers with a call of duty character would make me very sad i just never gonna happen is that you know yeah. is that even something I, to consider but I, you know yep putting out my mind definitely not happening i just you know if it did i would cry now coming t- summer 2021 <laughs> you asked him now here he is captain price in Smash Brothers. You know, like Smash Brothers try to glorify the Call of Duty franchise. I mean, like, what do they even bring over for music? How how would they? It's just gunshots. It's just gunshots. <laughs> so it's it's a surface to air missile array firing off. Oh my god! Final um, Smash is white phosphorus. UAV online. It's just that repeated over and over and over again. Right. Final Smash is white phosphorus. 
Oh, God. That's terrible. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no. So, all right. It, it, to, to your to your previous point, yes, I've known. Uh, I, I think I think Toys for Bob has some amazing character artists. Uh, I've known uh, at least one person, maybe others, that have uh, done character design work for them. Um, and, yeah, it's just a shame because uh, we kind of kind of I think the news of this is only coming out. Well, well. Toys for Bob tweet about it. Right. Put that tweet out. That's like, oh, we're going to be supporting Warzone now. Hashtag let's go to the polls. Um, <laughs> Warzone and, go to the polls. Yeah, Warzone go to the polls. <laughs> 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 Fuck. Um, and uh, and then and then the 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 consistent trickle of former employees of toys for bob tweeting out that they had been laid off because i'm sure their roles you don't need a cartoony character designer for call of duty Warzone. yeah um unless you put put crash in Warzone. no um they put the they put the noid in crash like they put the noid in crash why why can't they put crash in call of duty every everyone's favorite character in 2021 the noid right uh who just recently got its own twitter account because god we've run out of ideas um but yeah it's just it's activision just makes call of duty now they just make call of duty now and look if activision wants to be the call of duty corporation that's fine but the fact that you are like just eviscerating your work staff to get to that point is very much less fine um and, and I, I, I want to be perfectly clear. I have friends who work on Call of Duty. I I I don't wanna like I don't wanna dismiss Call of Duty as its own thing, but like, it, I mean it's... like Call of Duty has some tastelessness, but like <laughs> like any any problematic game, there are certainly great people that have worked on that game that had no say in the direction or the tone or the staffing or any of that stuff. Like the criticisms against any game we levy on this podcast are not criticisms of the people that have worked on that game, unless we directly say so. Um, But in a big project like call of duty, which is now probably one of the biggest projects, given how many support studios they have now is not a criticism on any individual person that works at those studios because, Hey, everyone needs to make a living and if you're passionate about working in games and if you're passionate about Call of Duty, which, you know, I understand how that grosses some people out and I can I can I can vibe with that. Certainly sometimes like mm-hmm. but if that's your thing, you know, go with God. Um, <laughs> but I. Yeah. yeah, like us, we like in this in this discussion, the only person we're really criticizing right now is Bobby Kotick, and that's mostly because he is the face of that company, less so than he is individually responsible for these decisions, even though I'm sure he is on some level individually responsible for these decisions mm-hmm. um, and has been in the past at the very least when it comes to layoffs. But I'm sure there's a lot of uh, C-suite people that are just as liable for this kind of stuff. And like the alternative decisions they could make 
to make this a better scenario, whether it's like keep these people on and change what they're working on or like continue to like create games that aren't fucking Call of Duty or like spin these studios out and make them be be their own like self-run enterprises similar to like what IO did with themselves, like buying themselves back from from Square Enix and Eidos like are simply not decisions Activision Blizzard wants to make either because they uh, don't care or, well, it's probably mostly because they don't care. They don't care. Um, And it's, it's a real shame to see, especially in light of like the several past toys for Bob games have done pretty dang well, both critically and commercially from what I understand. And, but the problem there is that in the eyes of Activision Blizzard leadership, they're not doing Call of Duty level well. They are not like the giant blockbuster gangbusters. So to those people, it's just a math problem of like, well, if we cut these people and save that amount of money and then just put the rest towards making Call of Duty better, how much does that increase the value and the monetary gain received by Call of Duty? And does that balance itself out or is that, you know, does that make the number go up more than the rate at which the number is going up currently? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. And that's shitty. That's really, um, yeah, that's real selfish. Um, I'm just going over some of your notes here and something that stuck out to me, uh, a like Raven software. I didn't realize. Oh, Raven has been a support studio on Call of Duty for like right. at least five years now. Like but it says twenty ten, so ten years. Oh, ten years. They have been they've yeah. been in that churn. But also Beanox is probably like another the other studio I was thinking of. Like when it's it, Black Ops every, 3. Time, every time you boot up a Call of Duty now, like you see several studio names on there. First is whoever the mainline studio is, whether it's Sledgehammer or Infinity Ward or Treyarch. And then right after that you see Raven and Beanox usually on the same screen mm-hmm. next to each other. And like, and, and, and this struck me because I always kind of wondered what happened to them. Uh, High Moon. High Moon. I mean, they made the two best Transformers games ever made. And I always sort of wished they, they could have done more or just like at least shown their talent in other cool yeah. IPs. And, and man, kind of sucks to learn that they've been a part of this uh, to go back to an old uh an, an analogy uh uh this amoeba <laughs> <laughs> yes the ever-growing amoeba right uh, that is call uh, of duty yeah so it's just the just to be exhaustive about this list uh that alex pointed out so it's now every single activision studio works on call of duty it's a kotaku headline so you have toys for bob um where they're working on news Warzone content. Uh, they've worked on Crash Spyro and Skylanders. I think they really kind of blew up with Skylanders. Um, like that was their big thing back mm-hmm. when Skylanders was like really big, like the first like Toys to Life game. Uh, we have Raven, which uh, previously made Singularity, and I- I've never played these other shooters, he- Heretic and Hexen. Like these are kind of like those are both pretty something. old. Yeah, they're they're like Windows ninety five. Yeah, FPSs. Um, uh, some other support studios that I think were created specifically to work on Call of Duty. So you have Activision Shanghai, uh, this other studio called Demonware, um, High Moon, like Alex said, it did its War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron, right? right. Other two yep. games. Uh, Beanox, like Alex said, working on Call of Duty since Black Ops 3. 
uh, let's just look at this ex- kind of extensive list that Binox has has worked on. Binox has worked on uh, basically every Spider Man since 2010. Also, the uh, B movie game. Also, the B movie game. So, I mean, that's I really just have to point that out. <laughs> that's that. That's what Bobby Cox was like. We gotta, we gotta get rid of these guys. These you guys gotta. <laughs> what are they making over there? <laughs> yeah. So they worked on a bunch of the Skylanders and Spider Man. So Spider Man: Shattered Dimensions, Spider Man: Edge of Time, The Amazing Spider Man, based off the first movie. Amazing Spider Man, based off the second movie. Uh, and yeah. then starting with Call of Duty: Black Ops Three, it's just Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, and then they did some support stuff with. Uh, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 that Vicarious Visions made last year, which Vicarious Visions now no longer exists because they're now folded in the Blizzard working on the Diablo 2 remake. So it's really that's all Activision Blizzard is. It's a it's a it's a studio that is making a few a a limited number of products, and they are products in the eyes of Bobby Kotick. There's that mm-hmm. famous quote where they he like compared video games to like toaster ovens or right. something um where he wanted he wanted you know games he wanted to produce games in a reliable and always profitable fashion and we're we're we are at the zenith of that point right like we are mm-hmm. we are there we're at bobby Kotick's vision creative bankruptcy be damned yeah and it's like you know in and i'm sure the brain drain of of blizzard specifically will probably be very slow it, you know, it like most things, it'll happen very slowly and then all of once, all at once. Like, just one day, it's just going to be like, you know, they're going to put out a game and it's just going to be like so poorly received that combined with, you know, it, you know, I don't want to be gloom and doom. And again, like, there are people that work at these studios that work really hard and believe in the vision and the career of talent and everything. And I want nothing but the best for those people. But it's hard right now looking at this current trajectory not to see like the writing on the wall or blizzard specifically like becoming a brand that no longer exists in 10 to 15 years yeah i see that too and Uh, i mean that just sort of goes hand in hand with a lot of those major blizzard names starting to like pack up and leave recently right i i don't want to wear a tinfoil hat over this because I'm it, already wearing one. <laughs> Why wear two? Uh, but I mean, that's that's just kind of what you could see. I, you know, it's frustrating. It is. Because um, I mean, I don't know. Because there's there's a lot to love. I mean, like I have a lot of. I mean, we just talked about fucking World of Warcraft and Hearthstone for a little bit. So it's yeah. like you know, obviously, I have, I have cherished memories i have attachment to some of these brands and 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 games but like my passion for overwatch recently rekindled oh yeah of over the past week i was starting to think like man i should pick that up again and and maybe chart like getting even better than i was because i think i just hung out around gold and i was happy with that um but yeah I've, i've been like thinking huh like maybe i should like really really practice and try and focus on it Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and yeah just seeing all this happen in the midst of that is is definitely it's definitely rough do you think you think kaplan's departure affects overwatch 2 at all and or is it like already so close to release that you're not going to see any immediate change what i'm gonna miss about jeff kaplan is jeff kaplan this is is his 
his amazing charm. Yeah, I, I don't think the game is just him. And I think oh, it was course. I think it was kind of weird that people I, I mean, it goes back. To I mean, he made the game about... by himself. He made the whole game by himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Internet told me. Right. Uh, uh, it's a it's a weird trend in video games that creation of games get attributed to just one person said warren specter creator of system shock uh <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> uh and and there's a recent interview with i uh, oh gosh alan resnick right oh no i'm i'm bad at this uh Who? new overwatch guy oh he was like the co-creator, so he's been with Kaplan the whole time, so mm-hmm. I trust him, and there was a recent interview with him that <laughs> sounded very promising. I, I googled new Overwatch guy, and the first result was Doomfist. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe like a year or two ago, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's running Blizzard now. That's yes. what it is. He's making Overwatch. Uh, that makes sense. Actually, you know what? I'm into that, because maybe he'd buff Doomfist finally. Um... <laughs> little little gamer humor for me to you, your friend Alex Damroth. Um, yeah, it's uh, I I I think that team will continue to do good. I will be patient about Overwatch two and not pre-order yeah. it, but uh, I because I, it's just it's just first-person content. I mean, it's just uh, it's just single-player content and and co- right? co-op comp. It's PVE content. To be uh, fair, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, they're 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 trying to do an Overwatch Left for Dead expansion. Is essentially what that is. Um, <laughs> wow, which I'm into. I mm-hmm. honestly, um, people also pointed out like this last BlizzCon, uh, Overwatch didn't have a main stage show. It's dying, you know, and and like maybe that was just because you know Jeff was sort of in the middle of <laughs> passing down the mantle. I was about to say he was packing his office. He didn't have time to. <laughs> walk to onto the stage <laughs> um but even so their their little after show of like here's what we've been working on here's how this works here's some cool systems we've been developing uh i think that still gave me some hope that it could be good um and like i said aaron keller i think that's it gosh i'm probably gonna be wrong again though um i i his most recent interview seemed very promising um he seems i mean i know he definitely loves the game he's again been working on it since it started and uh yeah it's uh could be fine yeah could be fine but yeah i I also think you're right in that in maybe 10 or 15 years as soon as they lay an egg uh activision's gonna be like well that's it you had a chance and (laughs) (laughs) one bad game we don't tolerate one bad game you're making more call of duty now uh cartoony call of duty it's like battlefield heroes oh my god people sitting on the wings of the airplane that was that was something wasn't it i didn't like that i thought people liked that game i am suddenly remembering it is all i don't think i ever played it i I think think if i played it i would have probably enjoyed it at least to some degree yeah um i remember people pointing out how funny it was that like you could just click a button to like mount the wing of the plane and shoot from it because that was things people were doing in battlefield 1942 anyways they would just they would just have to balance themselves on the plane so to like just make it a built-in mechanic right yeah and i think that's pretty great uh so yeah i probably would have liked it but i i just had completely forgotten it existed until you brought it up just now (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah we'll see it's interesting you brought up the like you know it's 
a game is not made by one person. Uh, a game is not made by whoever is leading that project or anything. But it's interesting to see, you know, how many how many decisions, how much decision making filters up to whoever mm-hmm. is leading the project. I uh, so Double Fine just put out their uh, Amnesia Fortnite 2019 right m- movie is what they're calling it. Um, it's like a two hour long video on their YouTube. Um, and I really like watching their stuff. Like I recently rewatched all of the double fine adventure documentary. Yeah. Um, it's all, it's also kind of a bummer. Cause like you look at some of these videos and they have like maybe 20,000 views and it's just like a real ding dang bummer to like consider like as much as I love them. Double fine is not like a very well-known studio. People, I suppose people love psychonauts and that's about it. <laughs> uh, people, there's, there's love for like iron brigade or, I'm sure brutal legend has some i mean i'm sure hearts. they do but when people were like i had friends getting excited like jack blacks and psychonauts wow and i was like uh yeah they're probably close friends after brutal legend and they're like what, what's 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 brutal legend and was, oh no yeah i was oh, like no. oh yeah hmm. i <laughs> it's fair it's fair i mean yeah. like i no denying that they have they have they, you know their games have never like sold amazingly right yeah. like it's not like they are like this ridiculous commercial success but they are a critical success um right. all their very, games are very usually critically re- acclaimed never yeah. the zeitgeist though an indie darling even though they're not triple uh, uh, i don't know yeah they're I owned guess. by microsoft now so it doesn't even matter right um <laughs> but it was interesting watching it and these are small teams these are probably teams of like two dozen or so few people maybe like 15 20 nah, no not two dozen i'm sorry uh like a dozen or so people um and it's it is interesting because if you haven't if you're not familiar with Amnesia Fortnite, it's internal game jam that Double Fine does usually once a year. Maybe sometimes they take a year off. Um, and it's the whole a point is where it, it it it's as long as a fortnight, and uh-huh. everyone starts it with Amnesia. They don't know who it's they as are. Long how they as got a, here. It's as long as a uh, uh, round of Fortnite. You have a round of Fortnite to you know. You know, once you get into Tomato Town, like you better be fucking like you know yeah. something playable. Jesus, uh, the, the average Fortnite round for me is like three seconds, so <laughs> I can't imagine that being viable. Uh, <laughs> look, man, we're about to get down. Um, <laughs> I got ten kills on the board right now. They, uh, but so like, uh, folks in the studio have two weeks to make a game, and anyone in the studio can pitch a game, and then four selected, and then all the people in the studio split off into teams and make those games it is really interesting to see like how many of the decisions get kind of shuffled up uh to to the person that you know created the vision that was the person that originally because the person that originally pitched the idea is the project lead um and they can come from any sort of background so like there was one that had two leads and i believe they were both character artists and they had like a really wacky like like it was like a choose your own adventure game with sock puppets. So they had to build like their own green screen room and film all this footage and do all this stuff. Oh, I um, love it. It's great. Everyone should check out that documentary, especially um, if you're interested in game development. Um, and if you know a decent amount of game development, there's a lot you watch. You're just like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> you see these like kind of like thousand yard stairs. They get like halfway through the jam. You're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I've been um, there. But, uh, yeah, so, like, it is interesting to see, like, all right, like, you know, it, it takes a village to build a game, but also, like, villages have mayors, uh, and this, this metaphor is getting kind of wacky, um, but sometimes, sometimes, 
crops and livestock. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You need. I think the children. And, and, uh, and, the, and yes, the child labor are the animators. And uh-huh. um, no, there the, might be like a windmill in there. <laughs> yes, they like turn their grain into flour yes, locally. And the, it's <laughs> and, the, and the flour is our the the pizzas we order at night because we're still working during dinner time. Um, <laughs> and the lakes are full of Red Bull. <laughs> That's just flow Red Bull flowing <laughs> as far as the eye can see. It's like fucking the Willy Wonka chocolate river, except it's fucking sugar-free Red Bull. If you fall in it, you just have yeah. a heart attack immediately. <laughs> oh no! It gets sucked up the pipe. Oh, um, but 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 it is interesting because, like you say, like no, because in a lot of ways, like a game. What is a game but a thousand tiny decisions made by individual people? Mm-hmm. And like, it's interesting how many of the decisions you can see in the final product they can trace back to an uh, original person. And some of the best anecdotes, like when devs or project leads get interviewed, they'll be like, oh, what was the impetus for this? It's like, oh, let me tell you, like, we had Dave on the team and Dave said, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if it did this? And we were like, yeah, that does sound really cool. And then we implemented it. It was great. Um, so, but obviously it's apples and oranges to a, you know, a dozen people game jam, two-week game jam team at Double Fine to the giant mechanism uh that is an overwatch team or a call of duty team with the centroid of the mecha- mechanism <laughs> being the project lead in case you're wondering asshole. <laughs> in case you're wondering yes wordcast is now sponsored by treasure planet uh yeah, we got Planet the right to theaters near you several yeah. years ago. We got the rights to Treasure Planet and from <laughs> Disney, and we are now re- we're really we're making we're in the we're in the pre-production stages of Treasure Planet Two. Uh, we're getting the entire voice cast back. It's back, Joseph baby. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, whoever voiced the dog dude, um, they're all coming back. Kate Blanchett was she the cat lady? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember her. Um, uh, dog dude's one of the Fraser brothers. Right? Oh yeah, he's Niles. That's right. Right. Um gosh. Uh, Niles was, Crane. Who was please. Silver? Oh, uh was he was he Winnie the Pooh? I feel like. Oh, he might have been. Now that I'm hearing them, maybe you might be right. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and the uh, only other thing I can remember vaguely is is it's uh oh gosh. Emma Thompson is the the captain. Okay. Sure. Um uh, 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 the robot is that really oh, shrill, fuck. that really shrill comedian uh, from like uh, the early aughts. Yes, it's um shit. What's his name? It's like his last name starts with an S H, right? Uh, why is he not fucking? This cast list is is ass. Where is the goddamn like like? Okay, he doesn't get top billing. I get it, but like, where the fuck is he? Martin Short. Uh, Martin Short. That's right. That's it. Uh, that's a lot of Treasure Planet talk. Actually, uh, why don't I segue into something kind of similar? Because I don't want to talk about this one for a while, and it's okay. it's it's whimsical and lighthearted in a way. Uh, like take oh, our before minds we up. do that, I okay. just want to say, voice actor for Lon John Silver in Treasure Planet, Brian Doyle Murray, not in anything else well known. He uh is South African. So I don't know oh. if like a lot of the movies he made originally were in South Africa or whatever. Um, but yeah, seems to be Treasure Planet seems to be like the most recognizable thing. Oh, he was in some Daniel Craig movie. Huh. Anyways, yes. All right. What do you want to talk about? Uh, 
let's I, i'm gonna i would like to talk about diaries of a spaceport janitor okay tell me about diaries of a spaceport janitor because this is one of those games that pops up in like every other humble bundle it's regularly like for sale for like 99 cents it's such a small exquisite indie experience and I, and I think I should talk about it. Mm-hmm. This is um, a simulation adventure done. I should talk. I should mention the art style first. I think just because. Uh, yeah. I, let me paint you a picture. Uh, have you played Proteus? Oh me? No. Um, but I, but I know what Diaries like. I have Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, it looks like Proteus. <laughs> oh, okay. It's pixel so art. What's Proteus like? Uh, okay, it's pixel art. It's it's billboarded a lot. Um, a lot of objects in the game are are just like sprites that are just propped up and constantly facing the camera. Uh, there's a couple th- 3D models, but like they're all very very simple and and adorned with like pixely textures um, that kind of match the rest of the aesthetic. Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor is just just a real goddamn mood, uh, and it's something to vibe with something to get sad with something to find moments of, of joy with and it doesn't give you any of that uh, you you have to find it for yourself mm. and, and that's kind of what i like about it an immersive um, sim yeah <laughs> no <laughs> feel your feel uh, your own way around this game um it your your day to day consists of waking up and picking up garbage that you find around the spaceport uh, which you then sort of toss in your pocket incinerator and depending on how much garbage you pick up and incinerate you get paid the next day Um, and then you end up having to spend most of that money basically all of it on keeping yourself fed and your rent uh it's it's very much like a like a millennial in their (laughs) mid-20s life Mm -hmm. simulation you're stuck in this menial gig job it sucks uh and you're and you're just you're 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 scraping by um but at the same time you're kind of living in this this vast cultural hub and it's it's a spaceport in every fantastical sense of the word uh all of the creatures on this are are super unique i don't think they're randomly generated either but there's at least like hundreds of different sprites for for these creatures um there's a main quest that flows through it and it's about getting the skull that's floating that you're cursed with to go away uh i forget exactly how this happens because it's been a little while since i played but i understand the game starts with you um daring to venture into a dungeon of sorts which happens to be connected to the spaceport. Um, and you don't make it very far before you're like knocked out. And this skull, like you wake up with this skull floating around you mm-hmm. and it keeps screaming at you at random <laughs> intervals. <laughs> and, and the, and the skull's voiced by Keanu Reeves. It's really weird. <laughs> um, and then like you talk to a fairy looking lady outside of your apartment as soon as you do that it's like what starts your second day after you've gone through the first day which is kind of a tutorial Mm -hmm. and she's like oh you're cursed 
and you're like, what? You can see it? And she's like, oh, yeah, that thing's bad news. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's bad. That's uh, yeah. You want to talk to a doctor or priest. Uh, you're going to need to, like, find these ancient stone tablets and have them deciphered. And it's like this grand quest that she gives you. But I think, like, the whole point of the game, at least as far as I played it, is that you're just kind of stuck. You're, you're, you're in this job. You're barely scraping by for your own livelihood, and you can't really focus on, like, a grand adventurous quest. Um, y- you end up finding some time for it, and, and I'm sure you can, but it's it's difficult when, like, your character gets hungry twice a day, and then you have to, like, stop, and you and you have to buy food to keep her fed and you know that like ends up eating up all of your money so you're like oh well i gotta focus on, on earning a lot of money then like like that's interesting yeah and, and i just think it's kind of poetic in that sense there's a very story through gameplay thing happening here yeah similar um, to like what what like i mean like the the hunger versus mo- money thing is definitely like what papers please traded in right like right it's that same kind of anxiety um and and on top of that (laughs) uh uh, i understand at least one or if not the lead at least someone pretty big in the making of this game is 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 trans and there's like a big uh gender dysphoria theme Mm -hmm. running throughout it every so often you um undergo dysphoria and as sort of a commentary on the commodification of gender identity in a, a more modern world, you have to go and buy a gender um, to end the dysphoria. And the dysphoria is like a random effect. Like sometimes it makes your screen go wobbly and like change colors. Uh, sometimes it like makes it like slant uh, and get fuzzy. Um, it's all like different things to like affect the the view the viewpoint, but uh, it's. It's all like enough to make you go like, okay, okay, like I, I need to go buy a gender and, and solve my dysphoria. <laughs> um, and, and then there's stuff like some days the spaceport has a festival and suddenly like it's alive and there's confetti in the air and there's a parade running through the streets and, and you, you kind of feel, you definitely feel something that's, you know, a, a bit of joy in this world that is sort of chewing you up and spitting you out all the while the skull is floating around your character and screaming at you <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> it's kind of wonderful i i honestly think everyone should at least give it a shot uh and just sort of experience the bit of art that it is yeah i was i was enamored with it when i first saw it a couple of years ago and i think i don't know how this happened but i'm pretty sure like i either like downloaded a beta through steam or maybe it was like early access or something i don't know long story short i somehow got this game for free just because yeah. like i think they weren't selling it when it I first think came I did out too like yeah. i don't remember buying this game it just shows up in your library <laughs> and I'm like, all right but it looks cool and then like and that's and that's a really interesting premise i i need to i need to play it um because the real problem it it it, it describes itself as an anti-adventure game which right. is really interesting uh it being like yeah you have an objective but like the game's not really you know giving you the time to meet that objective there's like a sense the game gives that that dungeon that you finish your first day in is like fully explorable and there's like even like action sequence to it like it keeps hinting at this 
There's weapons and armor that you can buy from various vendors, but they're also ludicrously expensive that oh, you'll amazing. never like get it. And and so like your odds of being able to venture into that dungeon probably aren't very high. Right. Uh, and 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 then like whenever you think like maybe I should check out the dungeon today, you like check your wallet and and how much you've like trash you've collected so far, and you're like, oh no, I better not. <laughs> like <laughs> it's 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 really well done for that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, do you do you like Papers Please? I did. Um, you, I don't, did you enjoy it? I did not finish it, but mm-hmm. and in a similar way, I really appreciated it and what it did. Yeah. That was definitely like I had a similar thing where it's like, oh, I get it. And then like promptly turn the game off for Papers, Please. Because <laughs> like it, it's weird, right? Because that's it's what you want. It's like what every like it's what a lot of game designers and developers strive for. It's like I want to put someone I want to invoke an emotion out of someone. And in the case of Papers, Please, and it seems to a certain extent Dyer's of a Spaceport Chander is like that those emotions are like frustration or angst and like in in a in a uh medium where most games are power fantasies and are trying to alleviate pain points games that create pain points it's amazing that papers please was as successful as it was given like what it is and what it like causes the player to go through and and to create a strong enough connection to the story through gameplay, I think is what these do best. And I, I know you hate to hear it, but it's what I think Kojima does best. I, I, these... <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Even if the story's bad, you, you feel it through every mechanical beat. You feel the I, badness. <laughs> and on, I think a, that's still impressive. I, that's the kind of thing I would say I would try and strive for in a bad game. Bad games? Uh, well, yeah. Bad video games. Yes. With horrible writing. <laughs> with 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 way too expensive production value and also Guillermo del Toro's there and and he's the only one who makes them these <laughs> <laughs> oh so you're gonna kill kojima is what i'm hearing you get, hideo if, kojima creator of metal gear solid <laughs> if, are you gonna is this a solo solo situation? indie dev hideo kojima <laughs> yeah yeah he made those games by himself <laughs> right from what i understand uh just called up his buddies Norman Reedus and Guillermo to do face scans. That was about it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like <laughs> hesitated for a minute, and then reluctantly picked up the phone, called off Jeff Keeley. He was like, "Hey, I, I need, guess. Do, do you want? I, I need another NPC. Do you want to be in the game? <laughs> but it's not going to be your voice. No, Jeff. No, it's not going to be your voice. I have Matt Mercer here. I love Critical Role. <laughs> I love Critical Role. Is it actually Matt Mercer playing Jeff Keeley in that? Yeah, I believe it. Matt Mercer voices oh my God. the Jeff Keeley model. I th- I thought it was actually Jeff. <laughs> nope. Wow. Okay. Nope. That's what their friendships like. Anyways, I Dyer's- remember. Okay, I do have to point out. I remember playing through Death Stranding and finding one NPC, and I was like, "Is that Adam Jensen's voice?" And I looked it up, and it was. Oh, interesting. I found Mr. Deus Ex in Death Stranding. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Deus, Mr. X himself, but not it's- that Mr. Not that Mr. X. The a, di- a different Mr. X. Just different Mr. Deus Ex. Uh, it's spelled yeah. E-X, uh, and uh, there's, like, the it's sound like, of sunglasses popping out of your skull. Right. It's like, it's like Deus uh, Ex Machina, because, like, like, it's like <laughs> the god in the machine. It's Mr. Right. Machine. That's what he is. He's Mr. Machine. What you need to know is that his voice is incredibly sexy. It sounds <laughs> like a bunch of rocks hitting each other. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It's awesome. I love him. Terrible. It's like, <laughs> I've been trying to describe, so I've been drinking. So I've been drinking. Uh, 
Topo Chico. Are you familiar with Topo Chico? I am not. This is it's Mexican bubble water. Um, okay. So similar to a Perrier or a San Pellegrino, mm-hmm. uh, but it has a different, a little bit of a different flavor profile. Um, the way I've been describing it to people, which is about as bad as a description as describing someone's voice as a bunch of rocks hitting each other, I've been describing Topo Chico as imagine drinking Sprite, but it has no flavor. But that's not a very positive description of a thing. <laughs> so imagine Sprite, but it had no lemon lime flavor. So where San Pellegrino and and Perrier kind of have like a very kind of like it's like a so rocky. it's more like a Lacroix is what you're telling me. Yeah, it's more like a Lacroix. Uh, I, I actually I've never had a Lacroix, so I can't actually okay. speak to Lacroix. But Lacroix um, has like. I don't know. Someone whispered the name of a fruit into the vat of <laughs> seltzer water yeah. at the Lacroix but, factory, and that's how they get their flavor. <laughs> but I would, but but Topo Chico is is like more refreshing than a a Perrier. Like a Perrier can be very like hard, like mm-hmm. very very minerally and very harsh because of that. Um, a Perrier is like very light and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like imagine like a the Topo Chico is the the ginger ale to a a uh, San Pellegrino ginger beer. Okay, I see. Anyways, don't describe someone's voice as rocks. That doesn't. And they're incredibly sexy rocks. No, I, <laughs> how look, are the rocks sexy? Are they in lingerie? Like how I, do you? I just I can't I can't explain it. I you have to listen to him talk and you'll know what I mean. It's very good. He's lovely voice i wish just, he did more voice acting just rocks hitting each other reminds me of like it's just one of those sounds that i know would like i it would really bother me like mm-hmm. when you get like a fork stuck in the garbage disposal or like nails on a chalkboard it's like that's what okay. i'm thinking of when you describe rocks hitting each other he's got the perfect neo-noir six packs a day kind of got it got it yeah um doom and gloom sort of sort of voice uh, i just i just love it I six packs of cigarettes, not six pack abs a day. He's not going through six packs of rocks. He's <laughs> lugging around these six packs of rocks day in and day out. <laughs> but I need to do it for this city. Yeah. Uh <laughs> anyways, Dyers of a Spaceport Janitor. Extremely good. Thumbs Please check up it out. <laughs> from one Alexander Damrath. Um what say we call it there then, Alex? I think it's a good idea. Great. Awesome uh alex where can people find you poorly describing people's voices at (laughs) uh i will probably be doing more of that on twitter at g-h-o-d-a-n with an underscore that's godan with an underscore uh and wherever else that you might find me just casually on the street Mm -hmm. these mean streets (laughs) wear my fancy mask uh and you can find me Inside, drinking a cool, refreshing Topo Chico, watching Treasure Planet uh, at Dylan Vento. And if you like this podcast, you want to listen to any more, more, any more of our podcasts, you can find them at ward-games.com or on Twitter at Ward Video Games. Or just go look them up yourself. Just go, just go, just go open up that search bar. Hey, I heard Stadia has a search bar now. Maybe you can find <sighs> our podcast on Google Stadia. Um, what if you, you could, though? Well, finally, someone be using that service. What if we make the Wardcast a video game and put it on Stadia? God, the Wardcast video game. Oh, no. No, that's too good of an idea. No, no, we're not doing that. Uh-uh, no, I already have other game projects I'm working on. I mean, um, okay, it's too good of an idea. That's why we put it on Stadia, so no one plays it. Wow. Wow. Anyways. And with that. 
<laughs> you can you can you can search for any of our podcasts just searching Wardcast as W A R D C A S T. Alex, I'll see you next time, and I will talk to you then. Bye. <laughs>